I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. I'm taking my time. All I could talk in is starting to rhyme. I'm letting go lonely, letting go of strife. I just can't get enough of this beautiful life. The Enneagram. Is a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships. It creates language for what motivates us and helps us look at the way that we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram is for Star Wars because that's where we're going today. Woo! Actually, it's a mirror because you need help seeing yourself. But <laughs> today is Star Wars Day. It's Star Wars Day. It's not May the 4th. It's not May the 4th. But it is Star Wars Day. Uh, my name is Jeff Cook. I am a philosopher, pastor, and writer in Greeley, Colorado, and with me is T.J. Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram Ninja. Hello. We're doing it. It's finally here. We've been so jazzed. Yeah. We've been talking about this for weeks. We've been talking about this for months. What's hilarious, you all will not know how much self-control it has taken the two of us to not jump into the discussion. Yeah, seriously. Every time we're together, we (laughs) want to talk about this. We wanted to save it all for you, folks. Star Wars is a culture-defining set of movies. Some of the greatest artists of the century, Ralph McQuarrie, John Williams, Ben Burt, Frank Oz, James Earl Jones, Carrie Fisher, George Lucas, collaborated to create the myth of our generation. Yeah. And it is worth discussing what comes out, especially through the lens of the Enneagram. I don't know if you had this experience. I saw the movies different. Yep, totally. I put on the Enneagram glasses, looked at Star Wars, and saw a different movie. And what actually happened for me, I don't know if this happened for you, the depth of some of the characters, specifically acts of heroism and acts of affection and care, popped in ways that they never had before. It was There's some parts of the movies where I just didn't get what was going on until you really looked at the motivations. Yeah, totally. So that's where we're going. Yep. We're going to look at some Star Wars character motivations. Yes. Uh, you and I are kids of the 80s. That is and correct. I imagine, do you have this experience? Uh, the music, the images, the characters, they are, they're part of who you are. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So do you have a favorite uh, like Star Wars memory? Star Wars has been a part of my life for all of it. It was the movies were released, made and released all before I was born. Uh, So I do distinctly remember finding my uncle's secret stash of (laughs) Star Wars toys in my, like in this cabinet under the stairs in my grandparents' house. It was such a big deal because I was at their house alone. Like my grandparents were there, obviously. But like they're, Okay, my grandmother's a hoarder. Yeah. And and there was just, there was stuff everywhere. So if you were left alone for a few minutes, there were things to explore. Yeah. And then I discovered this cabinet that I didn't know existed and opened it and found all of these original Star Wars toys. Yeah, the and it Kenner. was such a big deal. And like playing with those toys is one of my most distinct toy memories yeah. of my life. That's an early memory for me. Yeah. Going to like pre-kindergarten, there was a kid who had the C-3PO 
Kenner toy carrying case and mm, had yeah. like 20 figurines in it. Yeah. And it was just like, this is, this, this is all I want. This yep. is, this I never want to stop load. doing this right yeah. now. Yeah. My, uh, lovely wife and I slept out in the cold to get tickets for episode one mm-hmm. in 19, was it 1999? So. The, the largest, uh, theater west of the Mississippi is the, was the continental in Denver, Colorado. We were out there with 150 other Star Wars Yahoos for no good reason. Like, we didn't even get the first showing at midnight. We decided, we were like, we just want to go to the 7 o'clock. Uh, but but we, we slept out, out there and went to the movie the next, uh, well, it was like a week later. And I so remember this. We were sitting, there had to be 1,500 people in this, in this theater. And prior to the movie... Somebody brought a beach ball and hit it up in the air. And this is an enormous space. Mm -hmm. And everybody's eyes go up to this beach ball that is floating up into the air. And suddenly, 40 plastic lightsabers ignite. And they started bashing this Mm -hmm. ball. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's still 30 minutes till the movie starts. And it's up in the air getting hit by lightsabers. And then the kid making minimum wage is told by his manager, hey, you need to go get that yeah, beach ball. Of course, yeah. Goes down, starts chasing it, and all the nerds are hitting it uh-huh, away from him. Uh-huh. He finally gets it, and he gets a thousand boos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're sitting there. He walks and out. He's poor just, teenagers. Like, he's like, this is... Sad and dejected. His friends still make fun of him for that <laughs> Probably. 20 years later. It's like, yeah. that was not worth five twenty-five an hour. <laughs> and when... I know that this is routinely... I've heard so many people talk about this. One of the best moments, Star Wars moments they've had was when that crawl came up for episode one. Mm -hmm. When it ignited with the Star Wars logo and the trumpets go off and it's John Williams music and you're just like, I'm in a theater watching this again. Yeah. And of course, everything went downhill, but we're not going to talk about that. Right. (laughs) But that moment is so clear in my head. It was a big deal. Uh, So... Uh, two things before we begin. Okay. This for those of you who are checking out our podcast for the first time. If you are new to the Enneagram but like Star Wars, this podcast is for you. We will be talking about these motivations of uh, these characters that we love. We're going to be looking at their hearts. And as you listen, it will be helpful to look for yourself in these motives and in these characters. And that's going to be the real bonus of an episode like this is just an introduction that allows you to see yourself and then you can use the language that we are going to routinely use on our podcast to talk about you and your future and what you care about and your best self. Um, And a lot of you are probably going to be a little upset that you align more with a character that you don't like than you do with the character that you were really excited about. True. So true. And the reality is, like, like we want to be certain characters. Like, I always wanted to be Darth Vader when I was young because Darth Vader is so cool. And realistically, that is not my type. That's not how I behave. It's okay. <laughs> my motivation comes from a different place. And the fact that I'm not motivated by the same things means that I probably won't be tempted to the dark side. <laughs> so <laughs> Everybody's tempted to the dark side. Okay, uh, I won't be tempted to the dark side for the same reasons. I don't know. <laughs> if, 
I suppose as a quick disclaimer, if you if if you get into this and you want a quick summary of all the types, the nine types that we're going to be talking about, we do suggest listening to one of our first episodes, which is called Episode Zero, yeah. in which we just we just cover the system mm-hmm. and this is how it works. And it's um, one of our shorter episodes too, right? Yeah. It's only three hours. Or so. <laughs> it's, it's great. Uh, second, there is only one rule to typing other people, and that rule is don't. This is uniformly. Agreed upon. We just, we can't know another person's motivations. And so assuming why they're doing the things that they're doing is very, very, very dangerous. Takes self-control. It will uh, help you not break relationships. Yep. As both of us, I, I, yep. I'm sure, yep. have experienced. We have, when we do this, we open up the possibility of being wrong and imposing a label onto somebody that, they don't agree with. Now, we allow one window on this for us, and that is with fictional characters and with public figures because we feel that it is very valuable to learn from the examples of others who are like ourselves, to see ourselves in them, to see ourselves in some of the best, most accomplished people and people whose lives we get to see on film. Um, obviously with real people who are public figures, it's just guesses and it's, it's just kind of playing, you know, the conversation, but with fictional characters, if there is good screenwriting taking place, the screenwriter will show you the motivation of the characters in front of you. And so we long to jump into those sorts of stories, see the motivations, talk about the motivations and then learn from them. Any thoughts on that? I just think it's it's really important to remember that, that we are assuming the motivation of someone whose head we are not inside. And so all of this needs to be held loosely. If you disagree with us, you're probably wrong. But it's okay. We might be wrong too. Uh, so, yeah. That's, uh, that's what the comment section is for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so number one rule, don't type other people. Do not follow in our footsteps. Uh, and, yeah, we'll go from there. So, the Enneagram is often symbolized by nine numbers in a circle, and here we pick a topic and we go around the circle, and today the Enneagram is a tool for analyzing a galaxy far, far away. We're going to type our top characters from the Star Wars universe. Uh, So this is how this works. TJ and I have decided on 25 characters to type, We have gone our separate ways, and we have typed each character on our own. We will go through each of the numbers, and if our character's number is the same, if our guess is the same, we will spend time talking about why we thought this character exhibited those motivations. If we differ, we're going to say punt. We're going to send the character down the road for our typing throwdown episode. To come, and I'll be—I I will not be surprised if we're actually on the same page with quite a few of these characters. Same, but I'm, yeah, I'm—I'm I'm really interested to see where we land. It wouldn't surprise me if we were completely off on all but one. You got—if like we you got completely the one in- disagreed. I—I I know for sure that one of the characters you and I are right on the same page. Uh-huh. But all of you—it wouldn't surprise me if we were wrong if we disagreed on all of the rest of them. But it also wouldn't surprise me if we agreed on all the rest of them. So, all right, man. All right. So today we're going to start with the sixes. Yeah, we've never started with the sixes. That's true. The sixes we call the loyal guardians. 
Uh, what's the brief word on sixes? Uh, well, so they're they're in the head triad. They process everything through their head center, uh, but they don't engage the world through that head center. The big thing for them is that they are looking for security. So they are uh, fearful of everything falling apart. It strikes me this is a great place to begin because so much of Star Wars is about fear. Yep. One of the very first lines about the universe is that there is this new piece of technology. And when speaking about it, one of the characters says fear will keep all the local systems in line. Right. Fear of this battle station. And fear is a primary presence throughout all the movies. And so just to get into this, there are characters that really exhibit that, Mm -hmm. um, that I would love to wrestle with because we need to begin with the most important character in the Star Wars universe. Absolutely. And I may be going out on limb here, but I have the man typed as a six. We're on the limb together, my friend. And that is one Anakin Skywalker, also known as Darth Vader. <laughs> so apparently, you're not gonna you're not drinking the Kool-Aid? No, apparently the not. internet thinks that Vader is a different every number. single list that we have seen that we've <laughs> like we've looked on Reddit and Tumblr and like other Enneagram experts who are doing the same kind of nerdy thing of typing the Star Wars characters. Everyone says that Darth Vader is an eight. I'm so happy about this. And you are all wrong. We are going to take on the internet. Yep. <laughs> Come at us. <laughs> Let me set the stage then. Um, eventually, I want to build on where we went in our relationship series and type the characters using triads. Great. There's going to be an entry point just as we're, we're walking through these. But uh, big picture with, with the Vader character, with the Anakin character, what do you see here that would make you think that Anakin's a six? Well, uh, that, that fear piece is the biggest thing. Um, as you watch Anakin's character unfold and become a person, uh, this is mainly in the prequels, you see someone who is ruled by fear. There is a loyal, dependable, vigilant, careful personality here Yep, who is always displayed as the second in command. Yep, absolutely. There is never a time, with maybe the exception of Vader calling out to Luke that he should follow him, that Anakin puts himself out as the leader. Right. It's always, I'm going to help you with what you're doing. He's always doing someone else's bidding. So my favorite line, and this is real early on in the Darth Vader character development, Mm -hmm. is right at the beginning of New Hope. Um, There's a general whose name is Mahdi, and he says, Any attack made by the rebels against this station would be a useless gesture. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Vader, real interestingly, isn't impressed at all by this guy or his piece of technology. He says, Don't be too proud of this technological terror you've constructed. The ability to destroy a planet is insignificant next to the power of the Force. The reason is, is because he is deeply attached to this religion, this tradition, and this is where he really finds his security, is in his connection to the Force. Mahdi says, Don't try to frighten us 
with your sorcerer's ways, Lord Vader. Your sad devotion to that ancient religion has not helped you conjure up the stolen data tapes or given you clairvoyance enough to find the rebels' hidden fort. And then he gets force choked. Right. And Vader says, I find your lack of faith disturbing. Loyal to the force, loyal to tradition. Yeah. And faith actually is one of the virtues right. of a six. Tarkin comes in and he says, Enough of this. Vader, release him. Eights don't release people. Right. Vader says, As you wish. Because he's a rule follower. Right. And there's a chain of command. Right. And he gets in line. That, I think, is one. It's in, it's, there's the introduction to Vader when he goes on to Leia's ship. But this is really where you get to see something. He's different than the other space Nazis. Mm-hmm. He's, actually, he's obviously dressed differently. Um, he has this mystical power. Um, he's going to be a different kind of character. Right. Um, any other thoughts on just to, to start out with, with Vader? Uh, I, I think paying attention to Anakin as we see Anakin develop, like we, we have to remember that Vader and Anakin are not different people. Yeah. There is... The, they try to present it that way. What's well, the whole bit. point of the movie? Right. Yeah. Or the the, yep. the, 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 at the least whole, the last three, yeah. ep, uh, four, five, and six. Right. Is that, that Anakin is still Vader. Uh, and, and Vader has not become a totally different person. Boom. And we have to remember that. And so d- paying attention to who Anakin is is going to show us who Vader actually is. Typing through triads, fives, sixes, and sevens are going to primarily wrestle with fear. Right. The temptation for Vader toward the dark side is almost exclusively about fear. Right. Palpatine, in one of the scenes, says, you do know, don't you, if the Jedi destroy me, any chance of saving Padme will be lost. And that fear of the future is what pushes Anakin to irrational actions. Right. And that's not how the temptation for eights, I assume, works. Right. Um, there is very, and we'll, we'll look at this with a lot of the other quotes, but notice how often the fear motive comes into Vader. This was one of those lenses, uh, watching it with fresh eyes. Looking at Darth Vader as a fearful person makes these movies completely different for mm-hmm. me. Yep. If you know that at his core, he actually has real fear issues. It actually changes a whole lot of the ways and reasons why Vader does what Vader does. Right. Um, and, and contrasted to the four eights, this is about power and control and not letting your vulnerability show. Yes. And so I remember reading uh, one person's take on, on Vader as an eight, uh, showcasing when he... Uh, when he's dying at at the very end of episode six, yeah, um, he, he takes off his mask so he can see, so he can look on Luke, yep, with his own eyes, yep, and and it shows that there is something vulnerable and soft on the inside of this hard exterior, which, like, I understand what leads to that line of thinking, but it's never about power and control. Yes. For Vader, yeah. it is about protection. Yeah, yeah. An eight doesn't say it's too late for me, son. Right. An eight doesn't come up to Obi Wan and say something like, "Before you were the master, and I was but the learner." 
that is a diminishment of your power. Right. Before going into a, a battle, right. you were coming as an eight, you're coming out as the big dog. Yep. Nope. I was your kid, but now I'm different. Seems to me that comes out with stance work. Mm-hmm. So the stance of a six is an earner. It's how can I help? And is it the case that you see Vader uh, and Anakin as a as one who is earning the security that they desire? Oh, absolutely. Um, there's he's always looking. He's always reacting to the circumstances around him, and he's always looking for some some kind of reaction from other people. Yes. Yeah. Very reactive character. Mm-hmm. What is thy bidding, my master? Right. Is not something an eight says. Right. And that is a primary for this character. Yeah. It is routinely as you wish, as you wish. As you wish was all he ever said. Mm-hmm. And when he was saying as you wish, what he was really saying was, I love you. No, that's a different movie. Damn. Okay, so, but <laughs> rule follower. <laughs> uh, Anakin in... Uh, one of the movies, I believe this is with Obi-Wan, he says, you're asking me to do something against the Jedi Code, against the Republic, against a mentor and a friend. That's what's out of place. All of this is about loyalty. Mm-hmm. And all of this is about attachment. Yeah. I have attached to these security uh, sources. Yeah. Uh, why are you asking this of me? Make a motion in the Senate where a request like that belongs because he's a rule follower. Right. The line in Return of the Jedi you don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. Do eights ever say anything like that? No, absolutely not. No, because they don't want to be controlled. The temptation from Palpatine Mm -hmm. plays on this. Palpatine knows he's fearful. Palpatine reads this. We'll talk about why that's the case, I'm sure, later. Uh, Palpatine says, Only through me can you achieve a power greater than any Jedi. Learn to know the dark side of the Force, and you will be able to save your wife from certain death. And and for the eight, the temptation there is about the power. Mm-hmm. That is not what Anakin is interested exactly in. Exactly right. It's not about the power. He, he is not going to let what happened to his wife or what happened to his his mom happened to his wife. Right. And that's the and that's the big temptation. It's yep. all about fear. Yep. Um, lots of language that comes out of Anakin that ends up being thinking repressed when, this is against stance, mm-hmm. when the emperor is tempting him, he doesn't know what to think. Right. He just has emotional reactions right. to it. So Anakin, after this, says, What did you say? Use my knowledge. I beg you. You're the Sith Lord. I know what's been troubling you. Listen to me. Don't continue to be a pawn of the Jedi Council. Ever since I've known you, you've been searching for a life greater than that of an ordinary Jedi. A life of significance, of conscience. And Anakin is hovering over him. Are you going to kill me? I would certainly like to. But he doesn't know what to think. Because the temptation is there. Right. I know you. I can feel your anger. It gives you focus. Makes you stronger. 
because he needs focus because he's thinking repressed. Right. I'm going to turn you over to the Jedi Council. Again, rule follower. Of course, you should. But you're not sure of their intentions, are you? Sets a hook. I will quickly discover the truth of all this. Because again, he's thinking repressed. Right. You have great wisdom, Erica. Know the power of the dark side. Allah saying that thinking repression is all over this character yeah. oh yeah um from he says something in another part he says i feel like i'm being ripped apart it's not that that he's being pulled in two different intellectual ways mm-hmm. it's very emotional yeah any other ideas uh thoughts on stance for for him thinking about the uh the little boy and the sort of teenager padawan his reactions to things is always set up by what other people are doing so little boy Anakin is always like trying to prove himself in this way. Like, mm. like, look, look at what I can do. Yeah. And, and reacting to what other people are saying. To I hadn't him. thought about that. Even, even so when, uh, when Qui-Gon and Padme arrive on tattooing, yeah. his posture is, how can I help you? Right. Which is what ones, twos and sixes, that is their primary move. Right. In relationship, in their stance. Right. Boom. Coping style. It's an emotional response. Coping style. That's it. The rebels are there. It's all emotion. Yep. Padme at the end of uh, Sith comes after him and wants to pour out her heart. and says, I love you. And he doesn't go intellectual. He goes entirely emotional and says, Liar! Mm-hmm. Um, that emotion comes out in how he deals with problems. Right. Force choke a guy. Right. I'm just going to be emotional about that. I'm not going to be deductive. Um, I suppose the eights are likewise emotional response, and maybe that's why this character can get pigeonholed into the eight slot. Sure. Well, but it's still, the, that argument there is about power and control, and, and for, for Anakin, for Vader, it's still always about fear. It's not... Like he is not trying to exert control. Mm -hmm. He's trying to protect himself. Yeah. That uh, moves into the affect for sixes, which is you attach to things that give you security. And Lucas plays this out real clearly in Sith. Oh, it's from start to finish. When he's going to have two conversations that are back to back. He goes to Yoda with a problem. He goes to Palpatine with a problem, mm-hmm. and he is only looking for security. Right, and this is the, there's there's all sorts of enneagram language on this. I was so happy about yeah. this. Uh, he comes to Yoda. He says, "These visions you have are of pain, suffering, death. Careful you must be when sensing the future, Anakin. The fear of loss is a path to the dark side, and that's uh, because." Anakin's in the head triad, his fear is in the future. Right. I won't let these visions come true, Master Yoda. Death is a natural part of life. Rejoice for those around you who transform into the Force. Mourn them do not. Miss them do not. Attachment leads to jealousy. He is saying that this part of your wiring, your wanting to attach, is a negative. Yeah. And that's where it breaks. Right. Anakin says, What must I do, Master Yoda? Train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. 
I'd be real curious before we move on. Like those are hard words for a six. Oh yeah. Are those I assume those are also healthy words for a six. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a there's a balance there. Yeah. So wh- like, where are your thoughts on sixes being told, "Hey, just just detach from the things <laughs> that you fear to lose." Well, it's it's definitely a thing that sixes don't want to hear. Uh, they typically will get mad if you say something like that to them. <laughs> and possibly go over to the dark side and help the emperor anyway. Um, But realistically, like this is part of productive thinking. So I mentioned Uh, earlier, like, like they being in that head triad, they take in information through their thinking center, but they don't engage the world through their thinking center, learning how to think productively. This is one of those steps. You have to let go of the fears of the things you can't control. Anakin is driven by his fear of Padme dying. Yeah. And he literally has no control over that. Yep. There's nothing that he can do to change this possible future. He's having a premonition that may or may not come true. And and his fear of that scenario drives him to do things that in the end cause that scenario to happen yeah and if he can learn to let go of that fear and be in the present then he can actually engage his thought processes more clearly death is a part of life that's Mm. part of what yoda is getting at and we can't attach to those things so thoroughly that we can't engage what's real and that's what Anakin's doing. This is where the temptation comes in, is there might be a solution. Because the next conversation, he goes to the theater right. with Palpatine, and is in there, Palpatine kicks everybody out and says, hey, let me tell you a story. Easily the best scene in the entire prequels. Ooh, I need to think about that. That's my thought anyway. That's, I, mean, I could Ugh. see that. I could be right. Um, I really do like the, <laughs> I like the episode one fight scene. The, um, the Duel of the Fates, yeah. Darth Maul. And Get some Qui-Gon. Darth Maul. Yeah. It's good. It yeah. gives me chills sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but character development-wise, for sure. Yeah. Th- there is the story of Darth Plagueis, uh, who learned how to uh, defeat death and taught that to his, you know, student. <laughs> his apprentice. His apprentice. Yeah. Um, this is a way to get out of not detaching. I can be attached to Padme, mm-hmm. and I can save her because he says, Is it possible to learn this power? Not from a Jedi. <laughs> Such a good line. There is Anakin has an excuse to hold on to his fears mm-hmm. and continue to attach. Right. And the clincher for me is that he doubles down on attachment here. Yep. So so this is, like, sixes are called the loyalist for a reason. Yeah. So Anakin devotes himself to his master. This is part of how a lot of sixes will find the security that they're looking for, is they will attach themselves to some kind of power or hierarchical system or religion or leader. Mm-hmm that will protect them, yep. that will offer them the security that they need. And then they become 
completely devoted to that authority figure. That, and that's what's going on in these scenes. This exactly. is why it's a mistake to see Vader as an eight. You right. don't, you miss this. He is detaching from Yoda who represents the Jedi order. Right. Cause you're not giving me the security I want. Right. And he is attaching to one who is offering him the, the relational connection that he, he, he wants most. Right. Bang. Culminating scene with Mace Windu and Palpatine. Windu beats Palpatine, has him on his back. Anakin says, He must stand trial. It's again an appeal to rule following. Right, yeah. Windu says, He's too dangerous to be left alive. And this is where the move is and the conversion happens, is Anakin yells out, I need him. Cuts off Windu's arm. Right. And then... After he's cut off his arm and Palpatine rises up, then the thinking repressed Anakin says, What have I done? Because he's thinking repressed. (laughs) (laughs) And then he says, He attaches. That's that's his go to move. Yep. I pledge myself to your teachings. Routinely is killing people, detaching people who fail him. Force jokes him, you're not worth it. I'm going to put somebody else in your place. Yep. Um, or with Luke later in Empire, he says uh, he'll join us or die. He's going to attach or he's, he's going to get trashed. Right. And there's the, that, that way of, of navigating the world. I'm attaching to those things that give me security. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, all right. So just in case, the case has not been made enough for Vader is not Nate. Do you have any other, like I got a couple other quotes that I think are just really showcase. This is not how eights function the first actually is worthwhile you said it earlier darth vader and anakin are not different people right the entire story is about how darth vader is anakin skywalker and he is being pulled out of the darkness right it's real similar to our conversation about hulk mm-hmm. you can't separate bruce manor and hulk that's that that's a misplay right these are not different people it is the same person. That's what the, the writers are trying to get across. Right, absolutely. So what are they showing you? Well, and there's, there's this is one of my big complaints about the prequels is that, that Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker is just the whiniest baby that you've ever seen on screen. And yeah. I want to choke him. Like, oh, he drives me crazy. Except watching it again through the lens of the Enneagram. Ah, there it is. He... he Eights are not that kind of emotional. Eights have emotions within them. They do not display them in the kinds of ways that Anakin Skywalker shows his emotions. Yeah, that's that's a great call. His emotions are all over the place in the prequels. Let's talk about that because there is the one thing I wrote down about Vader being mistyped is that oftentimes folks are typing based on behavior and not on motive. Right. And that would be an example of that. Yeah. You're seeing the whininess and saying, well, sixes don't act that way. But what is motivating that character right. still matters right. or matters vastly more right. in terms of Enneagram stuff. So um, there is a line from Dooku. He says to uh, Anakin, Since great fear you, Skywalker, you have hate, you have anger, but you don't use them. Is that ever the case for an eight? 
that seems to me to be like the opposite of an eight. Yeah, I've I've actually heard like one of the good lines I've I've heard about eights and anger is that eights feel all other emotions as anger. Yeah. You're not engaging that at all. Now it may be the case that the Jedi stoicism is so embraced mm-hmm. by Anakin that that he has completely cut that off. That is not displayed but in it's his not character displayed. ever. Yeah. There are other Jedi who are eights who will be named later. Uh, <laughs> but, but they showcase anger. Right. And they showcase a need for control. Right. Um, and no other emotions besides anger. Yes. Anger coming out in very clear ways and nothing else. The rule following, again, and that's the big thing. They just keep coming back to this. There's a place where um, uh, Anakin's in front of the Jedi Council and he says, it's unfair. How can you be on the council and not a master? And one of the Jedi says, take a seat, young Skywalker. And he does so immediately. Yep. Because he's a rule follower. Yeah. Like, what eight says, okay, yeah, I'll sit down. Yeah. No. Like, he immediately knows that he's crossed a line. <laughs> yeah. And he does what he's told. Does not push. Yeah. So, the um, a second side of this is the loyalty side. Now, I know eights can be quite loyal, but sixes as the loyalist... That just comes out all over the place mm-hmm. with the character and, and in the prequels. This is where his sixness in my mind really shows forth. Um, it seems to me that his primary trait is not demanding control. It's being loyal. He's loyal to Obi-Wan. He's mm-hmm. loyal to Qui-Gon. He's loyal to Padme. He's loyal to the Emperor. Yeah. Um, he's loyal to the Force throughout um, the four, five, and six, and he's loyal to the dark side. Right. And his transformation at the end is him being loyal to Luke. Right. And that is a huge move of him jumping from loyalty to Palpatine to loyalty to Luke. Um, but that that is the culmination of this character. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one scene in uh, early on in Revenge of the Sith where Obi-Wan is hurt. Palpatine says, we need to leave him, we need to go. And Anakin says, his fate will be the same as ours. Yep. There it is. Yep. One of my favorite overlooked lines about Anakin not being an eight comes in New Hope, where Leia steps on stage and she says to Tarkin, Governor Tarkin, I should have expected to find you holding Vader's leash. Ain't no eight in the world. Oh man, an eight would have cut her down she immediately. Would, she would got uh, crushed. Not okay. <laughs> not okay. Because here's what you this is what you gotta know about Vader. He is a company man. Right. He is a Nazi SS officer. Right. Who's who's a little mystical and, and has magical powers. Right. I mean, but that's who he is. He's right. a company man. Yep. yep. And Tarkin, everyone knows this watching New Hope, is Tarkin is the one in charge. Mm-hmm. Because Vader has to. I'm here to help. Right. I'm here to help. Right. What do you need me to do? I'm right. gonna go kill all the Jedi for you. I'm right. gonna go. Um, find Leia and the secret plans. Right. He doesn't even believe in the Death Star. He thinks it's it's a worthless piece of machinery. Right. And still, he's hunting people down because that's his job. Right. Well, and and I, there's a thing to be noted here. Like Grandma Tarkin is, um, he is definitely lower in the official chain of command mm-hmm. than Darth Vader, who is the Emperor's number two. Yep. He's for sure lower in the chain of command. Yeah. And Vader is definitely in charge of him. It's a 
in the grand scheme of yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. But while Vader is on Grand Moff Tarkin's Ooh, yeah. Death Star, True. Tarkin is the one that is the superior officer over the Death Star. And yeah. Vader is the Emperor's representative there. Yep, yep. yep. And so, Vader. like, acknowledging that Vader, who is about the hierarchy and about the system, he is there to serve the the leader of the of the ship that he's on. Yep. It's also that he's a reactive type on this right. front, and we don't need to jump too far ahead. But Tarkin may be an aggressive type that's putting forth energy and saying this is what's going to happen. Right. And Vader quickly falls okay. in line. I'll, I'll do what I'm told for now. Bang. If if Tarkin ever were to overstep his bounds, I'd be interested to see what would happen there. But an eight in the same position would continually be reminding Tarkin that Tarkin is his subservient. Yep. Yeah, there it is. So on the rewatch through the lens of the Enneagram, the most important dialogue just exploded for me. And it's normally one I fast forward through of all things because they changed it. I'm, I'm such a fan of uh, the original versions and Lucas came in and changed this scene. And it's mm. the scene with Vader and Palpatine in Empire Strikes Back. Okay, um, be, um, They had a different actor playing it and I was just nostalgic for it. And they added McDermott as the actor mm-hmm. and they changed some of the dialogue and I was just like, nah, I'm just, I like my old Star Wars. Sure. But <laughs> watching it this time through, I was like, oh, Vader comes and he kneels. Mm-hmm. What is thy bidding, my master? Which, of course, eights say all the time. There is a great disturbance in the force. I have felt it. Because he... Talk about this for real quick. Vader is routinely asked to feel things. Mm-hmm. That's not his intelligence center. His intelligence center is his head, yeah? Right. But um, this is part of the force, and and if you're listening, hopefully you understand that like this is like the the force works through our, our the emotional place. Um, but speaking to sixes, um, because that head center is primary but also repressed, they have equal access to feeling and doing. Yep. And so so leaning into understanding the emotions is is a big part of what sixes do naturally. And so so he will be very in touch with his feelings, but he won't often know what he thinks about them. There it is. Yep. Now, the emperor says, We have a new enemy, the young rebel who destroyed the Death Star. I have no doubt this boy is the offspring of Anakin Skywalker. Vader, thinking repressed. How is that possible? Search your feelings, Lord Vader. You will know it to be true. He could destroy us. This is huge. This may be the biggest line that it just routinely not seen in terms of Vader's development. He could destroy us. Vader says, Vader thinks he's nuts. Vader says, He's just a boy. Obi-Wan can no longer help him. The Emperor doubles down. The Force is strong with him. The son of Skywalker must not become a Jedi. Vader is aware of the Emperor's fear. Mm-hmm. He catches this. And then Vader says, now this is, this is the thing. Vader, knowing the Emperor is afraid, 
propels everything else that happens in Empire and in Return of the Jedi. Right. And I think if you miss this, you miss exactly what's going on with this character. Vader says, If he could be turned, he would become a powerful ally. This makes no sense in the Star Wars universe. Right. Because Sith obey the rule of two. Mm-hmm. There, is a, there is always a master and there's always a student. If you bring, if you bring Luke into the fold... That means that either, one of the other two have to go. It just makes no sense yep. to go down that road. Yep. The emperor is tempted for the first time to do something that's not really in the emperor's interest. The emperor says, yes, you would be a great asset. Can it be done? He will join us or die, master. This is permission for fearful Vader to go get Luke. Mm-hmm. Why does he want to go get Luke? Because it's his son. It's be- I, I got a theory about this. Okay. <sighs> it's because Luke is the exit door. Yeah. He hates serving Palpatine. Yep. He is, Palpatine is using his fear against him, and he heard for the first time that the Emperor is afraid that this kid might destroy him well, how am I going to go get the kid? Because that's what I need. Right. That's a tool. That's, yeah. that's a way to free me from slavery to this person. Mm-hmm. And so he needs an inroad. Hey, you know what we could do? We could make him, we could make him a Sith. Oh, yeah, you know, because Palpatine wants a little bit more power maybe. Sure. I would also suggest that not just a, a, an exit door, but Anakin has lost everything. Anakin went down this path in order to make sure that his wife didn't die. Mm -hmm. And then not only did his wife die, but his child died in, in childbirth. Like Mm -hmm. that's the story that he has been told. Mm -hmm. And so he has nothing. He, he lost his body. Yeah. He lost his friends. He lost the Jedi. He lost, like he is 100% all in on the empire because he has nothing else. That's good. And then he finds out that his son is alive and now he has to make a new plan. It's not just an exit door, but it's something more than the nothing that he's had for so long. I really want to come back to that. Okay. When we talk about Luke. Yep. I'm in. Because there is a value that's never spoken of throughout the entirety of the films, except for Empire and Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And I think this is part of the story. Anyway, cool. we're going to get to this with Luke. All right. The, uh, all of this conversation with the Emperor and him wanting to be free comes out in what is the best scene in Star Wars. It's the lightsaber duel between he and Luke at the end of Empire. Mm-hmm. The, when Vader, they've, they've been battling He's, you know, it's clear that there's a cat and mouse element going on. Mm -hmm. Vader is always in control, gets hit a couple times. So it's showing Luke's power. Yeah. But Vader is in control. Right. Vader cuts his hand off. They're, They're out on the antenna. Luke's on his back. There's no escape. Don't make me destroy you. Luke, you do not yet realize your importance. You've only begun to discover your power. Join me, and I will complete your training. First time that he takes a leadership role. With our combined strength, we can end this destructive conflict 
and bring order to the galaxy. I'll never join you! If you only knew the power of the dark side. Vader's kind of trip, double down on the dark side over and over and over again, mm-hmm. which I think is real interesting in terms of how Return of the Jedi ends. But then there's a turn in the dialogue. And out of nowhere... Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No. I am your father. Search your feelings, you know it to be true. No! And then here's the money line that gets lost in the father reveal. Luke, you can destroy the Emperor. Why would Vader want to destroy the Emperor? He has foreseen this. It is your destiny. Join me, and together we can rule the galaxy as father and son. What is happening here in the heart of a six? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's I mean there's there's a move towards freedom. It's it's he is uh we said it before he's in slavery in this this position of number 2 to the emperor and he finally sees an opportunity to not be under the emperor's thumb anymore. Like he wants out of this relationship and there is no out without destroying the emperor. Yeah. He needs to detach from an abusive partner. Right. He's a six that has attached to someone who's given him security Mm -hmm. and it is a toxic human being. Yep. Or whatever Palpatine is. I guess he's a human being. And he needs to detach. And that, I I find that there is something, I'm sure there are many sixes who might really relate to this. I've attached to the wrong person Mm -hmm. and I need to get out and I don't know how. Right. Because fear Here's the thing about the... And, and the reason that he's attached to the Emperor is because the Emperor is so powerful. He can't get away yes. to, from that much power. He literally can't get away. Well, and, well, there's a fear element there as well. Right. There, it's a both and. I mean, he, there are elements where he could commit suicide. Oh, sure. But, but that's not going to be his story either. Right. Which actually is real interesting in terms of how Return of the Jedi ends. Because um, there is some, there's a self-sacrificial nature. Again, mm-hmm. we're going to get to that. There's some power there, and some 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 interesting things to talk mm-hmm. about in terms of values. Mm-hmm. But okay, so this was this was the thing that hit me rewatching this through the en- enneagram is that Anakin's a slave, right? And he's always a slave. Yep. That when is we meet a, him, he's a slave. I I didn't put that together. That is one of his first lines to Padme. You're a slave. I'm a person, and my name is Anakin. That's his whole story. Yeah. Ah! I, was, <laughs> I rewatched it. I was like, "There it is." Yeah. It's such good. Anyway, the one of the last lines that Palpatine has about Vader is to Luke. He says, "You like your father, I know mine." Because Palpatine's a slaveholder, right? Ah, come on. Yep. Anakin has never has not escaped slavery. Qui-Gon draws him out of slavery, gives him this different tradition to attach to. Mm-hmm. But his fear, but he hasn't ever overcome the fear that he experienced as a young boy. Right. Is it ever the case that as an adult you're still wrestling with issues from your childhood? <laughs> 
<laughs> I hope that most of you are saying yes, because the answer is yes. There it is, though. That, that's, that's one of the places to really see the beauty in that character mm-hmm. as a through line. That's not what an eight is doing, right? by the way. You know, that, that is entirely the motives and, and heart posture of the six. Right. Um, how is it that sixes detach from toxic people who give them security? They throw them down a giant chute. <laughs> 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 Wait till their back is turned and they push them off the side. Yeah. But no, really. <laughs> but no, really. How does a six detach uh, from, from toxic people in their lives to give them security who they may in fact fear? Well, this has to, this has a lot to do with um, that. Like it's, it's, it's not just, overcoming thinking repression it's not just thinking productively it's it's thinking productively and then attaching action to it and so the emperor is not a great example because the emperor has magic powers but in real life there is something about recognizing that you are strong enough you are capable enough to stand on your own mm-hmm. and and getting to a place where you don't have to see yourself as relying on an authority figure for all of your security and then acting on that reality. That is, that is the move to get away from toxicity. Yeah. There was, there is a, there's a message in these movies that hit me on this front. And I, I, as we've talked about in the past, I'm, I'm real bad on understanding the hearts of sixes, but this would be, in theory, I think something worth noting is Vader's escape, Anakin's re- reclamation of his heart and his life mm. is when Vader attaches to Luke. Yeah, um, There's a point in the middle of Return of the Jedi where he looks at Luke and he says, indeed, you are as powerful as the Emperor has foreseen. It's like he's like, this might work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and But there is an unexpected turn for Vader when he pushes past his fear, and that is when um, what's required to break the hold of the Emperor is Luke's love. And love is not introduced in these movies. Love is shunned routinely in these mm-hmm. movies. It's even mocked in these movies. Right. I love you. I know. Yeah. This is the place, however, where it has a huge foothold and love is really introduced into the star wars universe by luke at least mm. well i mean they they do some stuff in 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 the fantastic rebel series and clone wars but i'll um, take your word for it love is forbidden by the jedi mm-hmm. attachment is forbidden and of course love is the opposite of the control that the sith seek luke is rejecting the jedi way which carries on to the new movies right and he finds this new way through um, because Luke loves his father, mm-hmm. that's the escape. Yeah, and it seems to me that's an escape for sixes. You do need to attach. We're made for relationships. Mm-hmm. Sixes are made for relationships. Mm-hmm. Who is it that loves you? Is actually the question. Not who's most strong. Right. Not not who's giving you the security you need. Right. You need to die to that. You need to attach to people who love you. That struck me as a, as, as a lesson here. And what that offers for Anakin is that, that he 
he sees himself in a new kind of light where in order to break the the relationship that he has with the empire with the emperor he sees himself as strong enough to protect his family yeah we, and, we're going to get there yeah Come and on. that's that's what the like the the love displayed within his relationship to his son yeah. luke won't fight him won't destroy him because it's his father and then anakin is able to stand up and break the spell that the emperor yep. has over him it's entirely right and say i will be i am strong enough to protect my family to do the thing that i have been looking for all of this time yep I can now, I am going to do that. I was watching the uh, director commentary Mm -hmm. for Return of the Jedi, and one of the things that the set designer says, just as a throwaway, is you'll notice that the windows behind uh, Palpatine here are spider webs. I was like, yeah, they are. Perfect, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. that's exactly his posture. He's trying to catch both these men and suck the life out of them. Mm -hmm. So Vader knows Luke can destroy the Emperor. Vader takes, this is how Return of the Jedi then works. Vader knows that, takes Luke to Palpatine. The Emperor knows all the rebel plans already, knows Luke's plans. It's a trap. Mm -hmm. Vader holds everything, however, close to his vest. It appears like Palpatine's in control and foresees everything. Mm -hmm. The only person who has a different plan is Vader. Luke has a plan, but it's going to fail. Vader starts reciting the Emperor's language. It's pointless to resist, you know, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Emperor is tempting Luke. Vader is going along, but is waiting. This was the thing that was confusing to me until I really just started playing this out. Luke keeps saying something that's bizarre. He just keeps saying, I feel the conflict within you. Yeah. And here's the thing. The emperor doesn't. Luke does. Mm-hmm. And the reason that Luke feels that there's conflict is because there Cause is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Vader keeps denying it. It's like, look, kid, we're going to take this guy down, but you're messing things up. Right. You know, I think that's actually what's going on. Now, the one thing with Vader is he does still have loyalty the, to the dark side. Mm-hmm. And he's like, the only way that this kid's going to be able to destroy the emperor is if I fire him up. If I can, if I can get him to that, emotional pitch mm-hmm. bring out the anger and hate so that he gets, destroys the emperor right then then this is all going to work right and that's why he brings up his sister and and following the same rules as the dark side whereas luke is is walking down the path of love yes yeah and that's it and there's going to be a conversion exactly there it's it's not just that vader is detached from the emperor that already happened in Empire Strikes Back. Right. He already tried to get Luke on his side. Right. And, and, but he has not converted from the dark side. Right. And that is actually what the move is there at the end. So there's that. Um, it's real similar. That, you know, uh, Ryan Johnson stole this in, in, in episode eight. Uh, Snoke knows mm-hmm. everything that Kylo Ren is thinking. Right. That's what's actually taking place in Return of the Jedi. Right. Yep. Is the Emperor knows exactly what Vader is thinking. Yep. And that's what you're supposed to, I think that's what you're supposed to understand. Right. Um, so Palpatine hits the spot where he thinks he's won. And then Luke, you know, Luke cuts off Vader's hand. He has him broken. He has him down. And then Luke does the thing that 
is apparently unexpected. He says, I'm never going to turn to the dark side, right? And, of course, Palpatine knows that if we go down this road, I'll just kill the kid. Right, yeah. Right? That's um, fine. <laughs> you could, you I know. have a plan B. It's fine. That's And that's how that works. Yep. I've He's had quite a few, yep. you know, number twos. Yeah. That is the biggest move, is Luke routinely is using his love for his father. You have failed, your highness. I'm a Jedi like my father was before me. Mm. He loves who his father was. Mm -hmm. That move towards love is against the Jedi tradition, again, and it's against the dark side. It's a new path. Right. Emperor hasn't seen this path. Mm Mm-hmm. The, the power of love that is inserted into the scene is brand new. And that is what is feeding Luke's power. Mm-hmm. Vader feels it. And when Palpatine goes to strike him down with the, the, elect, with the lightning bolts, Luke doubles down on the power of love. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that is super interesting to me. Yeah. Because it always struck me as whiny. Father, please help yeah. me out. What he's doing is where Vader routinely is doubling down on the dark side. He's doubling down on love. Yeah. Love is going to save my father. Yep. And it is actually because, and this is one that it's cheesy as hell. I hate the lines, but it's there. Lucas is doing the, the callback. When Vader looks at his son, what he really sees is Padme. Mm. And he says, no, just like he did. In Sith, he says no when he hears that Padme died. He says no, and he throws, and then that's why he grabs the Emperor and throws him mm-hmm. down the rabbit hole. Yeah, um, super clunky, but <laughs> but, that, <laughs> but that's I think that's what the 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 creator is seeking to show you is that it's actually Vader's love for Padme mm. that comes out in that moment, True. and that's how he's escaping slavery. Yeah. That was a long diatribe. On, is that what the right word? <laughs> I think it's great. This. I think it is a great way to showcase that everyone who thinks Vader's an eight is wrong, and here's all of the reasons why. So, it's love that kills Pat, uh, Palpatine. Yeah, in that action, in that well, it's love that breaks Vader's the, hold. That's a better way. But the well, okay, so and obviously you and I come from the Christian tradition. The the idea that love is what frees you from slavery yeah. is is a deeply rooted part of the human story. Yep. And you see the the escape from slavery in the very last couple lines. Luke is trying to get Vader to the ship. Mm-hmm. Um and he says no, you're coming with me. I'll not leave you here. I have to save you. And Vader says, you already have. Boom. Yeah. The the escape from slavery. Yep. It's over. Is over. Yeah. Ah! Come on. Yep. It's all about liberation. The the Whether entire or not Palpatine is dead. Vader is now free. Big picture here. The entire Star Star Wars Episodic films from one to six are about the liberation of a six. Yep. Um, I didn't mean that as a six and a six, but there you go. It's <laughs> <laughs> Lucas just planted that in there for us to see. Yeah, totally. Uh, all right. So we're only an hour and 
15 minutes into the sucker (laughs) (laughs) or so. (laughs) Well, we covered Vader. All right, there we go. Which is the most important character. But that is going to create the, that'll be the backbone for everything else. Yep. So, hey, TJ. What's up? You got any other sixes? Let me look (laughs) at my list. I have a bunch of sixes because, of course, fear is a huge part of this universe. Actually, I got three. I have half a one. Half? Half a one. Give it to me. Uh, I Darth Maul was super tricky. Ooh, because Darth Maul doesn't almost has no lines. Yeah, and like everything that he says in the films, it he's only in the one movie. Yeah, everything he says in the one movie is exposition. So this is gonna be a punt for me, That's and fine. it may be one that we don't pick up. I could probably just give you the quick through. Yeah, I have no arguments <laughs> for the only reason I chose six is because. He is also a second to the Darth Sidious. Yeah. So there you go. There the the way that I'll tell I'll talk about this. I meant, but Clone Wars and Rebels have him going a very different way. Sure. So um, there's an obvious six to me, and it would be one C three PO. Oh you do, no! You, you do I not disagree. Have, huh? It's a punt. Punt. We're punting C-3PO. I need to start I writing this down. I initially started with 3PO as a 6, Gosh, and then I, I changed my mind. There's quite a bit of fear there. <laughs> I do not disagree with you. Uh, I got two others, and they're quick throughs. We labeled, just for the listener's sake, we labeled a couple of these characters as ones we wanted to just hit quickly and then move on from. Um, but I had K2SO as a 6. Okay. I TJ and I, we should talk about this for two seconds. Okay. Why do you hate the second best Star Wars movie? <laughs> okay. I I I don't want to cause any fights, but I hate Rogue One. I don't like it at all. Um, it's everyone dies a Star War. Like it just I'm not compelled to care about these characters at all. My number one complaint about it though is that that the most significant relationship in the entire story, yeah, except for Jin and her father, is Jin and Cassian. Okay, Cassian, who uses her to murder her father, <laughs> and then he doesn't, and we're supposed to be okay with that. Like, like he just like decides in the very last minute not to murder her father as though that erases the fact that he used her to find her father under false pretenses so that he could murder him. And then they have that whole, like we're supposed to have some type of romantic (laughs) bent at the end, at the last scenes like that. It just, it sucks. His character sucks. Cassian is a conflicted character. He's he needs to grow up some before he, you know, the what one of the real interesting things to me, and I'm they're they're gonna do a whole TV show on uh Cassian and K2SO. Oh, great. I'm so excited for that. <laughs> he is a separatist. Um he is so Dooku um is essentially leading the separatists. Sure. It is the anti uh republic. Sure. Rebellion, as it were. Yeah. And what's real interesting in terms of everything in Star Wars flips. In the Clone Wars, all the clones are good. 
Right. They all die off and are replaced by stormtroopers, but stormtroopers right. are bad. Right. The separatists are the bad guys, but then they turn into the rebellion. And one of the interesting through lines is through Cassian because his family is all separatists and he's a separatist. And then he becomes part of the initial rebellion, mm-hmm. and it's it's very clean, but it's it's it, it, it it's moving from this place of darkness to this place of light. He ends up killing people who are going to tell on him, you know, right. early in that movie, right. and, and then he's obeying orders. I see those kids, both both Jen and Cassian. I see them as kids. They needed to be younger. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I, re- I really like older actors so that not everything is a teenage drama, mm-hmm. but these two characters strike me as very immature. Sure. And they're, they got dirt on their face. They come from poverty. They are rebelling against the system. Mm-hmm. All that guy knows is, you know, how do I, how do I navigate in this world? Mm-hmm. I, I follow the orders. I'm doing that whatever I have. it takes. Yeah. And his transformation, he cha- he makes a choice there. Freedom is a huge uh, question in Star Wars. We'll get to that with Luke, because mm-hmm. how many people say to Luke, "It's your destiny," right? You know. But so apparently, like freedom and free will is all over these characters. But Cassian ends up having that going on. Sure. Anyway, that's how I read that. Yeah, I agree though. There's some stuff with there's some Frankenstein putting together of the end of that movie. Unfortunately, because. Mm-hmm. Yep, because of how things went. But yep. um, he needed to die. He needed to die when he fell off the. He falls. He falls when they're getting the plans. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In that weird archive tower. Yeah. Yeah. He should have died there. Yep. I, I agree. Don't, I don't need to see him kiss on the beach. Yep. Like, Jin's powerful. Enough. We we just... didn't need to see him save her. Even <laughs> it would have been fine if she saved herself. <laughs> so K two S O, however, yeah. I think is one of the be- better realized characters all the droids generally i don't think there's a miss on any of the main droids is there a miss no he's he's the it's the guy from firefly who does uh yeah Yeah. awesome just uh just exceptional um k2so is a fear type i mean nearly everything he says is is kind of looking out for uh problems that might emerge i i had him as a four um, mainly because like he is a reprogrammed imperial droid, yeah. so like as as the only version of himself ever. Boom. Well, let's punt that. Sure. We need to talk about this character. It's okay. a great character. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I could do K two this. So I don't know that I want to spend much time on any of the other Rogue One characters. <laughs> so, I, Rogue One. I love me some Chirrut Mway. Um, who is Dunyan's character is the blind. Mm-hmm. You will know him as the blind Jedi. Yeah. Uh, he's not a Jedi, actually. He's right. a guardian of the well. He's a force user. And this is an idea that's brought in through Clone Wars and Rebels that there are some who aren't Sith or um, Jedi. They're aware of the force. They can use the force. They're in tune with the force. He is a religious man. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, with the exception of Obi-Wan explaining the force at the beginning of New Hope, this is the guy who embodies what the force is yeah. at its best. This is why when I whenever I tell people, like, how do you watch the Star Wars movies? I always start with Rogue One. One, because I think it's the second best movie. But second, because it establishes the universe. Mm-hmm. It establishes how terrible the Empire is. Mm-hmm. It establishes civilian populations so that you care about Alderaan. Um, it establishes through this character, this is what 
devotion to the force looks like. And his death scene ends up being just the height of that for me. It's a, in my mind, it's, I don't know, let me think about this, but I mean, it's, 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 it's just a tremendous image of religious faith. He is loyal to the force. Right. Anyway, do you got any notes on Chirrut? Nope. Boo. <laughs> Such a good character. Yeah. Let me, sense. let me, sure. let me kick out just a couple things for, 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 for our friend, for Colin Cannon, who's out there, who I know, <laughs> my buddy, my brother, who loves Chirrut like I do. Yeah, um, I always get into a fight when <laughs> I tell people I hate Rogue One. I feel like I'm the only person, and I'm okay with that. Chirrut as a six strikes me. He addresses his fear through prayer. The first line that he has is, The Force is with me, and I am with the Force. And I fear nothing for all this, as the Force wills it. That is a super healthy posture of heart for someone who struggles with fear. I'm yeah. going to attach two things that are really healthy to empower me yeah. and ground me and color my head, my mind, my mental life. Mm-hmm. Um, when someone who doesn't struggle with fear doesn't come up with a mantra like that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there, that is not a mantra that. I need. <laughs> <laughs> he is an attachment type on his, uh, on his affect. Um, he says to his his partner, whose name I always forget. It's uh, I forget it. Somebody out there. Will, yeah, oh, the it's guy with the big gun, Baz Malbus, something like that. Okay. Um, he's fighting, and then Baz comes in and he shoots all the people, and he says, <laughs> "He says you almost sh- shot me." Um, Baz says, "You're welcome." And there's there's a there's a relationship there where I think Chirrut actually attaches to him. And at one point, he says, I don't need love. I have you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that strikes me as a very, uh, you know, attachment side. Uh, six is, I don't know this, but you could talk to this. He has a silly side. I would have n- naturally put him as a seven. But he has a silly side to him that I was reading up on this. I was trying to find anything that would justify my belief here that he was a six Mm -hmm. but that sixes can have a playful silly side to them do you have that experience oh yeah absolutely they don't they typically won't showcase it in in super common ways Um, they need to feel safe before they let them their full self out yeah yeah and once they do feel safe there is that sort of um, There's a positivity that reflects nines, and and a a, a a sort of like childlike safety. Yeah, when when they feel that, they can go to that sort of childlike place where they can just play. Yep. The wisdom of a six, I think, really comes out in this character. There's one line where he's speaking over somebody who's having issues, and he says, "There's more than one sort of prison." And I sense that you carry yours wherever you go. Mm-hmm. That strikes me as a great line from a six mm-hmm. because it is one of those, I have already climbed up that ladder. Mm-hmm. I know what it's like to be in the prison. Sure. And I can recognize other people yeah. who are in a prison like the ones that I'm trying to escape. Yeah. And uh, I found that really helpful um, as a spiritual uh, thought. So, sure. um, all right. So we're punting. On C3PO and K2SO. Yep. No more sixes for you? Nope. 
We're going to be continuing this conversation in the next podcast. If you want to find us on Twitter or Instagram, we are at Around the Circle Podcast. We would love to hear from you, your thoughts, your quibbles, your own typing of this list. Anything else? Nope. He's CJ Wilson. He's officially awesome. I'm Jeff Cook, and who you aren't isn't interesting. Be who you are, and you'll set the world on fire. <laughs>